0: Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this special episode, Maggie and I will be talking about Imbolc and how to celebrate and honor this traditional holiday. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this
1: podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic
0: into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're We're your hosts, hosts,
1: the Mystic Mystic Sisters, Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week, and we look for moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. For this episode, we have a rarity for our show. We chose a major arcana card, the star. So the numbered minor arcana, or the pips, are about day-to-day events, and the court cards are the cast of characters. We have the major arcana, which are the keynote or lesson of the story in your reading. And the theme of the star card is authentic expression.
0: The star usually features a naked figure pouring pitchers of water, which makes it obvious why this water bearer card is associated with Aquarius. The energy is about smoothing over jaggedness in the way water and time can smooth the surface of a rock. It comes after the tower, which is a sudden upheaval that often brings destruction. So the star is telling us that everything will be okay, even after a really earth shattering experience. And we can come through to the other side refreshed.
1: And that also gives us insight into how it relates to Imbolg. As we'll be discussing in this episode, Imbolg is a celebration of life returning to the earth after the long, deathly winter. And it marks the end of this cold and dark time and the return of warmth and light. So do you have a story that relates to the star card, Erica?
0: I kind of feel like 2020 was my tower card or my tower year. There was much upheaval and everything was sort of everything changed. You know, we've and we've talked about all of those changes before. Our our grandparents passed away, I got divorced, I moved in with my new family, there was COVID happening, everything was crazy and destruction and Upheaval. And I feel like 2021 was my star year. And we reflected at Christmas time about how literally everything was different at Christmas. I had a new house, I had a new job, I had a new outlook on life, I had new opportunities. So everything that came to an end in 2020 was refreshed and kind of washed away. And then the star was shining. <laughs> Perfect
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing about the major arcanas. I think I mentioned this the last time we we did the death card, uh, or what no that was So. What do we do at Yule the world? I, I feel like our stories when we talk about the major arcana are like bigger. It's mm-hmm. not like a moment in time or a person that we know, like the minor arcana. they're like a whole year <laughs> in mm-hmm. this card. What about your story, Maggie? I feel like the star card. Also represents like the way that we communicate and express ourselves to other people, and you know, learning how to just be authentic and and bear your soul, and you know, connect with another person on a really intimate level. And so, I think that that's been kind of my journey since COVID, when I realized I had ADHD and I'd been masking most of my life. Was trying to figure out who I am, like who is my authentic self? Who am I if I? just bare my soul to the people that I associate with. And I don't put up that mask barrier because that mask, it separates me from like, it separates the true me from the people I'm communicating with because it's a false impression. So learning how to be more authentic in the way that I communicate with people, that's kind of what I feel like the star card has been. Also the, this idea that you were talking about that it smooths over the jaggedness. So it's like those jagged emotions the star card can be like a balm that kind of smooths everything out and helps you to care for another person and they can care for you as well so it's that like authentic care and authentic expression i guess all of that is stuff that i've been really focused on in my life recently so it just feels like a like a whole thing <laughs> a theme that i'm yeah. going through right now
0: <laughs> yeah you know back to your comment about that there these major arcana are bigger I think that it is like it it is that theme. It's where you are in your position in life. And it's like this overarching arc mm-hmm. <laughs> of of where you are in your story. So what's the theme of where you are currently? And so like I was in the tower and now I'm in the star. And, you know, we've talked about how the major arcana or the hero's journeys, you know, like it is a story. And so not, you're not necessarily going to go through each at in the same order, but they do tend to follow each other. Yeah, so it's just, you know, the, the overarching theme of, theme of where you are in your current life.
1: Yes, and if you have a story listener about the Star Card, please send us a voicemail to listen at talkwitchcraft.com. Now, before we get into Imbolg and talking about the season... We're just going to give some background information about the Wheel of the Year, which we have done before, so you could skip over this part if you've already heard it. But the Wheel of the Year is, an, is a way to recognize the important turning points in nature's annual journey through the seasons. And I really love this way of looking at the year because it reminds me of how I am part of nature. I'm part of the natural world and how that How I personally also fluctuate with the energy of the sun, just as the seasons do.
0: Yeah, and much of this cyclical calendar is based on the agricultural timing of planting crops in the spring and watching them grow in the summer, harvesting them in the fall, and resting and preparing in the winter. Most of us modern people who are not farmers don't necessarily need to be preoccupied with the agricultural calendar. However, there is something to be said for aligning with these themes throughout the year. So we have the four solar
1: holidays, which are related to the position of the sun, and they are slightly different each year. So they are the spring equinox, the summer solstice, the fall equinox, and the winter solstice. And then there are four fire festivals or cross-quarter holidays, which are Imbolg, Bailtana, Lunasa, and Samhain. So we'll be talking about Imbolg today because this date is approaching in the Northern Hemisphere. But if you are a Southern Hemisphere listener, this is Lunasa is what's approaching for you. And so we will link to some information about that sabbat in the show notes. Just go to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 056.
0: So modern calendars tell us that Imbolc is in the middle of winter, but in a time when most humans grew their own food, Imbolc is actually the end of winter and the beginning of spring. The spring season will continue through Beltane at the beginning of May, with the midpoint occurring at Ostera or the spring equinox. So I think this is a really important thing
1: to think about because our ancestors followed these environmental cues to help them make choices those natural cues of the earth they dictated the traditions that they were following and therefore anything that you are practicing in your witchcraft practice ought to be based on your own environment circumstances and beliefs and that's something that's really special about witchcraft is that you have a lot more freedom to do things your way Based on where you live, what you have access to, the resources you have, like your time, your money, and your energy, and what you believe in.
0: We will be presenting some traditional practices and activities which actually do align with most places that experience seasons. And as we talk about Imbolc activities, we invite you to reflect on whether they are authentic to how you practice witchcraft and what you notice about the seasonal changes in your area. But before we talk about the practices, let's talk about some mythology, history, and traditions surrounding Imbolc.
1: So as I mentioned, Imbolc is a cross-quarter holiday that celebrates the end of winter at the beginning of February. Many of the modern traditions surrounding Imbolg come from the Celts and their celebration of Breed. She is the goddess of fire, childbirth, healing, change, inspiration, and education, among other things. And it is thought that she actually gave
0: the written word to humankind. The Romans celebrated Februalia around this time to honor Juno, a goddess with many similarities to Breed. Additionally, there is an Egyptian goddess called Renenetet, who is also celebrated during the transition from winter to spring, and she's also very similar to breed.
1: Another tradition around this time is the Chinese New Year, which is actually celebrated in many parts of Asia, not just in China, but it is a celebration of the New Year, like the Gregorian calendar New Year celebration, although it sets the New Year at the beginning of spring instead of sometime randomly in the middle of winter. (laughs) <laughs> do you want to talk about Groundhog's Day? I hate Groundhog's Day. <laughs> okay, I'll talk about it. Why do you hate Groundhog's Day?
0: It's just stupid holiday. It's cute. Because it's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. It says if he sees his shadow, he hides away because he gets scared. And there's six more weeks until spring. And if he doesn't see his shadow, he's happy and he comes out and then There will be six weeks till spring. That's not what the, that's not what it is
1: about. That sounds like something you told yourself when you were a kid (laughs) and you just like rooted it into your brain. It's about, that's what it is. No, it's about the weather forecast. If he can see his shadow, it's sunny. And that means that it's six weeks till spring. Right. Not because he's like happy. And if it's,
0: um, if he can't, no, but you're missing the point. Listen to the words that I say. If he doesn't see his shadow, it's going to be cold for six more weeks. There's six more weeks until spring. But if it's sunny, it's the same number each time. And guess how many weeks there are until the spring equinox? Oh, I see what you're saying. (laughs) There are six weeks until the spring equinox. (laughs) It's all a lie.
1: (laughs) I am flabbergasted. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna read you this whole section on it. Okay, from the Llewellyn Imbolg book, and then we can learn about it together. An annual tradition, many of us might might consider purely American, is in reality, like so many other things, a practice deeply rooted in history. In some in some such traditions, weather forecasting is based on an animal seeing its shadow. Shadows are often powerful magical objects and are sometimes considered entities unto themselves. In the U.S., it has been an annual tradition for more than 100 years at every February 2nd. A hapless groundhog becomes the center of grand celebration in Puxatani, Pennsylvania. Should the groundhog in Pennsylvania or anywhere else supposedly see its shadow as it would on a clear, sunny day, then according to the tradition, there are still six more weeks of winter weather. The tradition of using the groundhog might have come from early New England farmers who reminded themselves that, regardless of the weather on that day, they shouldn't have used more than half of the hay they had stored to feed their animals until the new growth of spring. Groundhog Day, half your hay. That's a a saying that apparently they used. While the adaptations of the groundhog to this task likely is American, the rest of this form of imbulk divination has its roots thousands of years in the past. Cultures throughout Europe and in the Middle East have watched animals on this day as a weather predictor. There is a poem in honor of watching a serpent emerge from the ground on Imbolg, and it seems that Scottish Highlanders would pound on the ground in an effort to bring serpents to the surface on Imbolg. Clear, sunny weather at Imbolg meant that more harsh weather was still to come, while ironically, grey and foggy days, or those with rain or snow at Imbolg, meant that the winter had nearly ended. In some traditions, it is merely the emergence of a particular animal that is a signal of the spring weather to come. While this day can be a festive one for many people, it gained some popularity some years ago when a popular movie was made based on this American holiday with Bill Murray. And da da da.
0: Do you, there was that book that was about Jesus uh, spending time with the Druids. Uh huh. read that. There was a whole like chapter about their Imbolc ritual, which was that like going and finding the bunnies and waking them up and waking up the snakes Mm -hmm. and seeing if they'd come out. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's the key, though, with the Punksatani one is it's is it's not what you said. (laughs) You said it was six more weeks either way. It is. But it's only if it sees its shadow, then it's six more weeks of winter. It doesn't it's not if he doesn't see his shadow. Because if he doesn't see his shadow, that means that spring is almost Well so here. but
0: here here's the thing though. It is six six more weeks of winter is true because from February second to March twenty first mm-hmm. is six weeks. So regardless, there are six more weeks until spring. <laughs> Or there well, are six more weeks of winter. In the modern calendar, That when they talk about it, they choose spring equinox as the first day of spring.
1: I feel like you're villainizing it based on something that's not what it's saying, though. <laughs> but it is. They don't <laughs> say it both. It's not like heads I win, tails you lose. It's not it like exactly that. It exactly is. No, because they don't <laughs> say if the groundhog doesn't see its shadow, then it's six more weeks till winter. If the groundhog doesn't see its shadow, then winter is, it's like almost over. Like a day.
0: I do think it's neat that they picked Groundhog Day to be on February 2nd, because that's in bulk. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that was intentional
1: or not. Probably, if it's, if it's six weeks in between the two, there is some...
0: If the groundhog emerges from its shadow and sees its shadow, it will retreat to its den, and winter will persist for six more weeks. Yes, six more weeks is not the contentious thing here. <laughs> It is for me because there are six more weeks until the spring equinox. Right. That's showing that six more weeks
1: until that's going to be like clearly spring, the middle of spring. It's absolutely going to be spring by then. But right now it's not. If it's cloudy on that day, though, that means that spring
0: is going to arrive sooner. I see that. But that's not what I have heard. I've heard it just be the opposite, that winter will persist for six more weeks But if it doesn't see its shadow because of cloudiness, spring will arrive in six weeks is what I've heard it as.
1: Editing Maggie here to inform you that Erica and I agreed to disagree on this contentious topic. And then after we ended the recording, Erica had found her source of where she had heard this superstition where it's the heads I win, tails you lose sort of thing and it's according to the old German superstition, if the groundhog sees his shadow, he will return to his hole only to hibernate, signifying six more weeks of winter. However, if the groundhog does not see his shadow, there will be an early spring in six weeks. We went ahead and moved on with the rest of the episode, which you'll hear after this interjection, Uh, but I wanted to make sure that she was vindicated with her source and with her, what
0: she had heard in the past. A broom is a particularly personal tool, and at Bethilda's Brooms, we make your broom to your exact specifications. You choose the tree that the handles and twigs come from, the color of the twine, and any design you want to decorate with.
1: I love my Bethilda broom for cleansing energy from my sacred space. It's very useful for energetic cleansing, but not for physical cleansing. But brooms, sweep up your dreams today. Now we're going to tell you about how to celebrate this season of Imbolg. For many witches, Imbolg is a time of both physical and spiritual renewal. It's seen as the beginning of the spring season and a time when the land begins to awaken again. So focus your celebrations
0: around these themes. One way to celebrate is to clean. So this can be the start of your spring cleaning process. It can be, you know, start gathering the things that you want to get rid of, start to make a plan for each room in the house and how you want to go through it dust off that Marie Kondo book and think about how you want to have joy in your house and get rid of the things that no longer serve you so
1: right a lot of people will wait until like the spring equinox to start their spring cleaning but you can start earlier at Imbolc, and you know the winter is a time I feel like I always have things just like pile up over the winter um especially I mean now it's a little bit less so I have things pile up pretty much year round because I always feel like I want to be outside but when I used to live somewhere where it was colder and I would stay in all winter I feel like I made like a little den and I like hibernated in all my stuff <laughs> and then it, by the time inbound came around it was time to like put things away get rid of things that I didn't need anymore as I prepared for that warmer season
0: I'm going to start a new tradition this year thanks to my wonderful sister because for my birthday, she got me a Yule log because I didn't, or a cake tin Yule log because I didn't have one to make a Yule log cake for Yule. And so she got me one after the fact. And I had the brilliant idea of I was going to make an Imbolc log and an ostera log and a Beltane log and so on and so forth. And use the different spices and flavors and colors of those different sabots to make these logs throughout the year and just see how it can be different. So it's new and different for me. I like to bake, so it's important to me, and um, it'll be fun to kind of experiment and find out things that I can do with that.
1: My favorite Imbolg celebration is to visit healing waters, and this is part of that connection to Breed, who is also known as the goddess of the sacred well. So she protects the healing waters. So I always like to go find a body of water. Now I go to the ocean. I try to around this time, like February 1st, whichever day is the weekend day closest to that. And um, if you don't live near the ocean, you can visit a lake or a river or a spring or any other body of water, uh, even your bathtub, fill your bathtub up. Uh, something that has special meaning to you or that you can give a special meaning. And for many parts of the world, it might be a little bit too cold to swim if you're not a polar bear. (laughs) But if you visit a hot spring, which would be a nice thing to do in a colder area, or if you do live somewhere in a mild climate like I do, you could go swimming in these healing waters. Otherwise, you can just visit and simply enjoy the view.
0: And I like the idea about going visiting your own bathtub because you can make your bathtub a sacred space and it can, you know, be a place of healing. And so it doesn't have to be out in the nature and it doesn't have to be cold. It can be warm and comfortable and safe and home. And and it's a good
1: way to create sacred space around your bathtub. Like that could be part of this ritual is to sanctify that space in your home.
0: Another way to celebrate is to plant seeds. So I actually just pulled out my calendar for gardening it starts, I think, 18 to 17 weeks from the last frost is where my calendar starts. And I was like, I feel like I'm behind. And I was because it was actually, I should have started on January 8th, which is my birthday, but I'm only a week behind. It's fine. But they were talking about, you know, start ordering crowns for asparagus, start ordering seeds for onions and leeks and all those sorts of fun things. So a lot of the herbs that you might want to have throughout the year, you could start for indoor growing. Just, there's there's a lot of seeds, even though it feels like it's winter and you're like, it's not time for summer vegetables yet. No, it's not. But it is time to start growing some of those early spring vegetables. And you can you can also do things that are frost resistant, like uh, spinach and kale, and you can put them in a cold box, which is sort of like a miniature greenhouse If you want them outside, there are ways to get around the cold. But the seed just
1: represents the new, you know, growth that's going to be returning. It's that Mm -hmm. first, it's like a little package that's perfect for the plant to grow from. And so you can kind of put your intention into those seeds as you're planting them. What do you want? What do you intend for them? What do you hope for them? And also for your own life that as those seeds are growing, they're growing whatever intention you have. Another way to celebrate Imbolg is to step outside of your comfort zone. This fits into sort of the mid-ish point of Aquarius season. So there's that kind of uh, eccentric energy of Aquarius season of just doing things that are a little bit off the wall or a little bit out of the box. And so do something that you wouldn't normally do. Try a different brand of pasta or try you know, talking to someone that you don't normally, you wouldn't normally approach, do things by yourself if you normally have to go with somebody or try going with somebody to something that you would normally do by yourself. Just doing something slightly different than your regular routine.
0: And it can even just be as silly as like drive a different way to work. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be a big grand gesture. It just just something a little different.
1: Yeah, like leave a little bit early and kind of wind your way through different neighborhoods or something like that. Or like brush your teeth in a different room. That's my favorite way to shake
0: things <laughs> up. <laughs> I like it. And finally, it wouldn't be in bulk without lighting candles. All the elements are represented in a candle. The solid wax is earth, the melted wax is water, the flame is fire, and the smoke is air. And all of the elements are capable of transformation in one way or another. Because transformation is a big theme for embolic, candles can be used to celebrate that. Additionally, they represent the light of the
1: sun as the sun is continuing to gain strength. So it does still feel, you know, dark and cold in, the, in certain parts of the year. And actually, even where I am, it's quite cold.
0: I am wearing my winter socks right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it is uh, freezing rain here in Colorado today. So it's, it's still winter. <laughs> it's winter
1: and it feels and it's dark, and we haven't quite reached that threshold of oh, the days are actually longer, they're still shorter, the nights are still longer than the days at this point.
0: So, continue to light those candles as we have been all winter to bring a little bit more light in for a little bit longer in the day.
1: And just as an aside, I've been seeing a resurgence of shame about how people are snuffing their candles on social media, and you know what you can snuff your candles however you want to (laughs) I think it's coming up because of Imbol coming and this season of candles and so all of these like gatekeepers are out there like never blow out a candle never snuff a candle you have to
0: let it burn well and it's like well what if I have an hour like I have a little short candle I don't want to burn my entire candle. I might need to use that for a different spell, or I might need it for something else or an emergency. Like I don't have just like money to throw at candles. (laughs) Right.
1: I mean, one recommendation, if you really feel like you can't blow out a candle is to just use birthday candles for spells because they're so small, but you shouldn't have to just like only use birthday candles. If you want to use a bigger candle, you no. should be able to use it.
0: <laughs> or if you don't want to, eat, you, if you don't want to blow it out because that symbolism to you means something, then use a, you can use a, um, candle snuffer. They say some people are saying that you can't
1: even do that. Well, that's just silly. I know they want everyone's houses to burn down.
0: I'm not going to leave a candle burning forever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I think, I think to be clear, you know, the symbolism, if it is important to you, then that's one thing. But if you're pushing it onto everybody else and like shaming everybody else, then that's not okay. That's what's, that's what I have an issue with. So there was an interesting conversation that came up on one of my posts about this, where we were kind of talking about how different elements there's different elements involved with how you let the candle burn or how you extinguish it so if you use if you let it burn that's the fire element obviously because fire is what's extinguishing the candle if you pinch it out with your spit or with like moon water or something that's the water element if you blow it out that's the air element and if you use one of those snuffer things that's the earth element
0: there you go. So yeah, so. depending on which element you want to invoke, I'm I'm still on the fact that I'm not gonna just let a candle burn out. And if it is important for the spell that it burned to extinction, then I'm gonna find a small candle. Yeah. But most yeah. of my candles are big and I don't want to waste it on this whole thing. <laughs> when having it lit for five minutes to do the spell. Is sufficient for me. Right. So that's like
1: your your personal feelings yes. about it. That's and that how that is perfectly it. valid. <laughs> and I think it just depends on the situation for me. Because I do let some candles burn. Those like chime candles. I think they last like three hours. And I'll just set them.
0: I feel like if you've lit a candle for your ritual. And you've, you know, cast your circle. And then uncast your circle. And you've ended the ceremony. Then it's perfectly acceptable to blow out your candle. Yes, because it's done. It's a yeah. Totally agree. Yes, and
1: it's all about the intention. Like you said, it's just like what's what's needed in this circumstance. And if you put the intention that it's going to ruin the spell into it, then yeah, you're like you're telling it that that's what's going to happen. But if you're just like, okay, this is gonna. This is the end of the ritual. And now I'm gonna use the candle, blowing out the candle to signal that this is the end of the ritual. Yeah. Then that's or, a whole well, other and thing. it's
0: it's part of the act of cleaning up the ritual as well. Yeah. Totally. 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 <laughs> totally. <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> All right. That was very much off topic. So. We
0: had a little soapbox moment. It's <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> So if you want to know any more about celebrating in bulk, there's a blog post that I wrote several years ago. It has some other activities that we didn't mention, so there will be a link to that in the show notes. And now let's move on to our herb of the week. This episode is brought to you by myrrh. As usual, Erica is going to tell us about the medicinal properties, and I will then follow with the magical properties.
0: Oh, as with the star card, we're branching out a little bit, and we are going to be talking about a resin today. Normally, we talk about the aerial parts of the plants, the leaves, the flowers, and then like the roots. Um, So resin is not usually something that we discuss very often, but myrrh, which is Comifora murra is a plant of the Mediterranean world. It is an ancient, ancient treasure that has been around for millennia. It appears in the Bible, it appears in ancient Egyptian mythology, and it appears in Chinese mythology. It has been used as work with the dead. It has been used for muscular pains and for wound healing. Resins, generally the way that you're going to be using them is in a tincture, but you can take them in a tablet. You're not really going to want to use them as like a infusion or decoction. They don't taste great, but you can use it as a mouthwash and you can find myrrh in in mouthwashes that you might get at like a Sprouts or a Whole Foods as opposed to, what's the main brand of mouthwash? Scope? Yeah. (laughs) Scope. You're not going to find myrrh in Scope, but you might find it at Sprouts. It's also used as an essential oil. That's probably how I use it the most is in that essential oil as aromatherapy. So its indications are for any sort of respiratory ailment, bronchitis, the cold, any kind of inflammation of the mouth and throat. That's why you might use it as a mouthwash or a gargle. It's also used as an anti-inflammatory for any sort of bowel disorder. So IBS or diarrhea, that kind of stuff. And you can also use it... Because of its antimicrobial and antibacterial properties uh, to help with any sort of wounds or abrasions or any skin inflammations. It is not indicated for pregnancy, so don't take it when you're pregnant. And it can um, cause a burning sensation on skin or the mucous membranes. So make sure it's diluted if you're using it as a mouthwash. Try not to use it internally for longer than four weeks.
1: Myrrh is associated with the passive energy, the moon and Saturn, the air and water elements, and Aquarius. It is most often used for spiritual opening rituals, uh, any sort of meditation ritual, and for healing. It has very high psychic vibrations, and that generally will enhance any magical working. So if you burn it, most the most frequent way to use myrrh in magic is by burning it as an incense or Um, taking the resin and putting it on a coal, which is also incense, but it's just like a different way to use incense. So those are, that's kind of the way that you're going to be using it. But if you burn it during any magical working, any spells that you're doing, it will just enhance that. It'll open your psychic abilities in order to enhance the magical working. Another way to use it is to consecrate the space or to create sacred space to create healing space. You can use it to bless any of the talisman's charms or magical tools that you have that you will be using for the ritual um, or as the ritual in the case of a charm or a talisman. So it's just something that will bless that to kind of charge it with that intention that you're putting into it. It also increases the power of any other incense that you would add to it. So if you have any incense that you're using, adding myrrh to that is just going to enhance the power of the other thing so for example if you use it with frankincense it will enhance the banishing hex breaking curse breaking protection protective power of frankincense um so that's kind of how you would use those two together
0: i wonder what hexes jesus needed to break (laughs) as a baby (laughs) as a baby (laughs) well
1: i mean they did kill him
0: well and uh, there was the like herod's killing of all the young babies that he managed to escape so
1: yeah he had to be protected from herod with his yep. frankincense and myrrh and the gold. And they used the
0: gold so that they could travel yeah. away yeah. yeah exactly
1: that's it we are coming back next week and we will be talking about the five of swords so the five of swords is about conquest defeat a hollow victory sort of accepting any of your limitations, and dealing with conflict. So usually it represents like a no-win situation where you're in conflict with someone else and neither of you are really going to win, being kind of self-serving and thinking of yourself and not anyone else, being so focused on winning that you're not really thinking about other people. So we'll talk more about that next week. And if you have a story about the Five of Swords that you want to share with us, please send us a voicemail to we listen at talkwitchcraft.com.
0: You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 056. Join us next week when we talk about banishing and release.
1: Make sure that you are subscribed so that you, not- you are notified about each new episode. And to help other witches find the show, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: You can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things and join us in the Mumbles Academy to chat about this episode with other witchy folk.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye. So, Imbolg, as I mentioned, is a cross-quarter holiday that celebrates the end of winter at the beginning. Oh, I made my hands make a fart noise, and I'm sure the <laughs> microphone picked it up.
0: <laughs> we'll just start that over again.